welcome to a new episode of My Conversation, and I am your host, Nenny Carolina Chasin. In this episode, you will meet Luke Yates, who is a talented musician from England, who has worked very closely with me and Judy Stakey in her songwriting retreats in Normandy and all over the world. He just released a new single, The High Life, and he'll tell you stories about it. I hope you can learn about his creative process and wisdom about life. Welcome, Luke. I'm very happy to have you in my podcast as my guest, and I want you to introduce yourself and tell me uh, where you come from. Thank you, Nanny. It's a pleasure. Um, so my name is Luke Yates. Uh, I grew up in the Lake District in England. I was actually born in Birmingham, but very young, we moved up to Cumbria, the Lake District, and I feel very blessed to have grown up there. It's just surrounded by mountains and sheep and lakes, and uh, what it lacks in hustle and bustle of city life, it certainly makes up for in just peace and serenity. So I was very lucky to grow up there. Um, and then I've done a bit of traveling since I, I got older. I've um, been very fortunate. I've played in uh, 80 countries, um, working in doing piano bars, I did some luxury cruise ships and then super yachts and um, recently I've been going uh, to and from America. Um, I made a few friends there over the last couple of years and I'm just very fortunate to, to get out and see the world but no matter how much beauty I see, something always draws me back to the Lake District. Yeah, I didn't grow up in nature, I grew up in the city um, mm. so I gravitate to the city like it's my home i want to be in the middle of industrial stuff it's really right, right, right. <laughs> funny and then for getting away i just go to the nature the sound of the nature uh inspire you more than the sound of the city lots of emotion and understanding of yourself um it's a different kind of understanding different kind of inspiration uh, my favorite place in the world is called saint Bees, and it's uh, a cliff overlooking um the north sea and it's just this beautiful amazing beach and as you climb up the cliff all of the noise of traffic and maybe children playing and stuff on the beach it just starts to slowly dissipate and this silence just overwhelms you and um, it's not complete silence but it's silence from chaos so the only sounds by the time you get up to the top are the wind uh, the waves quite quite far below you uh, maybe a little bird song and there's something so serene something about my soul is connected to that in a deep way. But then when I'm in the middle of a city and you've got like traffic sirens and cars and just hustle and bustle with loads of people, that's a very different kind of energy. It's inspirational in its own way. Um, having just spent two months in New York, I just got back a couple of days ago. Uh, there is definitely something magic about uh, a city full of dreamers, full of people all doing something or striving for something. Um, and I love the film August Rush, which is about, uh, have you seen it? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, so the orphan kid, and he ends up running away and gets lost in the middle of New York, and the city starts singing to him. So he hears music and everything. So, yeah, I think there's beauty in both. Um, but if I had to pick one, I'd say nature for me. So I know that you have a, you had just released um, a new single, uh, High Life. Yes. That you're very excited, and we're listening on uh, to it online. And I wanted to to talk about uh, how was the creative process for that song, and and to tell us a little funny story about it. And we'll play the song right after, um, so that you can hear uh, the real song. Yeah, sure thing. So, um, High Life is the most honest song I've ever written, and 
doesn't express me necessarily in the best light. Um, unlike other songs that are typical kind of love songs or breakup songs or whatever, this song was about actually quite a dark period in my life. I was 21. I was in Liverpool. Um, and everything this year had went wrong. Uh, I'd, I'd given up a lot to come and do this incredible job um, as a vocal coach for the world's biggest choir. And it said on the application form, you need to drive, live in Liverpool and read music. And I didn't do any of those three things. But I was like, screw it, I'll apply anyway. And I said, look, I'll learn to drive, I'll move to Liverpool and I don't need to read music, I play by ear. And to my surprise, they gave me the job. But they said, you've got three weeks to learn to drive. And I was like, that's pretty intense, but I'll give it a go. So my first ever lesson, there's 10 dead bees in the footwell of the car. And I speak to the driving instructor. I'm like, what are these bees doing here in this car? And he was a beekeeper. And he was like, you know, I just bought a new beehive last week, went over a speed bump, and the beehive breaks open and a thousand bees start flying around in his car. Oh, my God. And I was like, what the hell? And this guy was, he was a badass. He was like, I just batted him back in. It was fine. Uh, so this crazy guy taught me to drive and I managed to pass my test thankfully and moved to Liverpool and that's where everything went wrong I I'd thrown myself into what I thought was the high life what I thought was chasing this career that would make me happy and in the process I lost touch with my friends my girlfriend ended up with a personal trainer um, I ended up working three jobs because I, I couldn't afford all the debt that I had to get into to buy all the equipment and a new car to make this happen and before I knew it, I was just working crazy hours and so, so lonely. And more than the actual situation, I think what damaged me inside was the way I was trying to deal with that. So that year, I did a lot of things that were really out of character, just uh, taking a lot of drugs and uh, promiscuity and forming all of these kind of fake, shallow friendships and just trying to desperately fill this hole in my life. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I went into a depression and then, uh, to make matters worse, I couldn't afford the rent on my apartment anymore and ended up moving to a house called Labyrinth Lodge, which was inside a graveyard. Wow. And if you're depressed, my advice is don't move to a graveyard. That's a really bad idea. Yeah, the energy must have been really dark for you. Yeah, like I would get home at 11 o'clock at night and the uh, the groundskeeper would lock up the cemetery gate. So I'd have to get out. It's often raining. It's in the middle of nowhere, so there's no lights. The only lights are my car headlights. And they're shining on this massive cemetery gate. And there's all this mist. It was always misty. And there's like mist going over the graves. It was like a horror movie. And then I get out, I unlock the padlock. And then these big like squeaky oh. gates open up. And then I get back inside. And yeah, the last three months in Liverpool were particularly <laughs> challenging. Um, thankfully, the story has an amazing happy ending. I ran away to Ireland um, and long story short, I met this millionaire, um, one of those once in a lifetime kind of moments where I was in the right place at the right time and something incredible happened. And I ended up getting this musical opportunity and that's when I started traveling the world. And I started turning my life around at that point. I was so grateful that somebody had reached out a helping hand. So high life is really about that year within Liverpool. Um, and just being brutally honest with myself about, um, where I was in life at that moment. There was something in the writing and releasing of this song that I guess was a, a redemption, a, um, not necessarily a redemption, but just coming to terms with myself and uh, really practicing that unconditional love for myself. I beat myself up that I thought I was better than that. I thought I, 
I've always had this kind of, I need to be strong. I need to have my shit together. And something about that breakdown in Liverpool um, really was not together. It wasn't strong. It was something that was in entire deconstruction of who I thought I was. And, you know, seven years later, I'm now 28, releasing this song and looking back and forgiving myself for screwing up, saying it was okay to be broken. It was okay to... Yeah. Um, let it all come undone. Um, so definitely there's been a lot of healing in this song. Yeah, absolutely. Like I think sometimes we're so hard on ourselves and we don't recognize that the things that we gravitate towards when we're down is just uh, another lesson, you know? I mean, we need to go through that to actually be able to produce the song like High Life. Absolutely. If, if you don't go through that, then you don't have the theme to write about. And it's it's fantastic, and 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 then to feel the redemption and the satisfaction of saying, you know, I was down, and now I'm, and now I'm up, and yeah. uh, and and maybe it's not up where you want to be, maybe it's not up in the high life, <laughs> it's, yes. uh, but it's actually uh, in, a, in a place where you're happy and fulfilled, and you know that you're going somewhere that is going to be continuing to be fulfilling, or maybe not, or maybe you're going. Uh, to another down, down, down moment is going to make you write another beautiful song, you know? So I think it's, uh, it's, um, it, it's all the, the ups and downs of life that really um, fulfill us because um, we live experiences and then, and then we, um, we prove to ourselves that we are stronger than what we think we are. We, tr we prove to others that, we go through the same dark moments. We go through the, through the same pains, through the same doubts, but still we have a, we have a way within ourselves to get out because you said you met someone, but you know, what made you go to Ireland to meet this person? You know, it, was, it was yourself. It wasn't somebody that said, okay, you're going to go there and you're going to meet somebody, right? It was something within yourself that uh, you got out. You got out on your own. And sure, yeah. you had influences, but you didn't know if you were going to get out of that situation, but you did. And so it was you. No, we yeah. have our inner strength. When you said, um, in terms of realizing that um, what I actually was chasing wasn't a high life, like I realized that the happiness wasn't in the high life. And that really is what the song is about. And mm. as you say, um, I think a real part of the healing took place when I started to realize that... Um, this spark inside of me was never going to die, no matter how precarious my situation got, no matter how low I was. Uh, I mean, for a lot of that year, I was suicidal, and I, I thought it couldn't get any lower. But mm -hmm. rather than chasing the highs and avoiding lows and stuff, my life now is, I think, grown to a next level, and there's many, many more lessons to learn as I start growing up. Um, but one of the lessons that I've learned is that it's, it's about coming closer to myself and learning to be more and more each day of who I truly am, not checking pleasure and avoiding pain. That isn't what my life is about. Pleasure and pain are both necessary and I don't want to be a slave to them. I want to form a gradually um, closer and deeper connection with, with who I am. Yeah, a more even person that just enjoys what is. Yes, Yeah. absolutely. Yeah, no, it's it's really interesting, you know, because sometimes we are, uh, in a way, addicted to the ups and downs. You know, we're addicted to like, oh, oh, I'm so sad, and then you create, and then, oh, I'm so ecstatic, and then you create, and then we're not finding pleasure in that middle 
ground, peaceful, um, joyous, but really just still. Absolutely. The stillness, you know, and that's where the, you know, the monks talk about stillness. They talk about silence. And and you you said when you go up to that cliff, it's that silence where you don't can't hear anything that really makes you be in touch with yourself. And then there's this peace or there's this, uh, yeah, bliss. Do you meditate? Yeah, I started um, Headspace about two years ago now. And um, I don't do it every day. I I really want to. I'm finding it difficult to get, make it a daily habit, but Mm. a few times a week I'm doing it. And uh, I had a look the other day. It's it's now 1,400 minutes. So it's like almost like 23 hours of, 24 hours of meditating that I've done now in my life, Um, which isn't a lot spread out across two years. Like one day out of, 700 days um, has been spent in meditation but uh, really it is life-changing the amount of difference that's made on my life it feels like um uh, unplugging from the matrix uh, simply just checking in as soon as that becomes something of a routine um anybody who hasn't tried it out of everything you could do in your life therapy medicine eating better whatever i would say meditation um is the one thing that will provide you with the most significant results in terms of being more satisfied with life. Yeah, Uh, absolutely. Like it it wakes us up. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely makes us in contact more with who we are. And it's just in that stillness and in your inner thoughts, you really find, uh, find answers and it's like magical. Yeah. I just, did did I tell you that I, I finished my, I released a meditation CD uh, in December. No, that's amazing. Yeah, so it's got seven meditations to live your dreams from one to seven, um, the different steps to live your dreams. So it's like a meditation. It's not a hypnosis. It's just like affirmations just to help you for people that don't really know how to meditate. It's just like a, something to listen to, to help you be in that moment and meditate on living your dreams. Uh, yeah, so I was very excited and I released that in, um, in December. And uh, I have another, I told you, I have another CD coming up, the, the jazz CD that I'm working with um, another fellow uh, British um, musician. So we're going to play the song and then we're going to come back with you. Can't study love, it has no rhyme or reason. I guess I didn't say the words in time. And I'm wishing that your heart committed treason Would make it easier for me to say goodbye I lie here wide awake at quarter past five Since you've been gone, the clock's been ticking fast Cause I wasn't in the right place at the right time The work came first and baby, you came last and I ain't been sleeping right Cause I ain't been dreaming right Been chasing the high life But I don't feel alive I'm still making through the night Without you here by my side it won't feel right 
getting through the night Maybe I'll go find someone to kiss me Find the cost of love in a hotel room Paying by the hour, 250 But I'd never have the heart to see him through And I have been sleeping right I have been dreaming right And chasing the high life But I don't feel you here by my side but it won't feel just getting through the But then when I was writing the song, I realized looking back, there was so much beauty in this. Like, um, I mean, how bad can it get? It's like a cheesy Hollywood movie that the depressed guy loses the girlfriend, loses the friend, starts working crazy hours, then starts going out doing stupid shit and then moves to a graveyard. Like it's, it's, if I saw that in a Hollywood movie, I'd be like, nah, that's not, that's just too cheesy. But that actually happened. Hmm. Um, so I definitely found the humor in, um, putting it together and uh, although it was quite a healing and quite a deep thing for me um, it definitely had a lightness with it that I certainly didn't feel when I wrote it I do a lot of co-writing and I love co-writing for uh, a multitude of reasons um, one of the main ones is um, that you get a whole range of different perspectives and if you find collaborators that you really resonate with there's something amazing about the fact that um, in the process, in the room right then and there, you've got somebody to bounce these ideas off and to share experiences about and offer new values and perspectives. Um, I've worked with a lot of co-writers, like older men who want to write the new latest Katy Perry song, for example, Mm -hmm. and they'll get like two older guys and they're really talented, incredible musicians and writers, but they're trying to write a teenager song and it's like, dude, you're a 50-year-old man, you're never going to relate with a 17-year-old girl. And the answer to that, the antidote, is to get in a room with a 17-year-old girl and say, hey, how how did you feel when you broke up with this guy? How do you feel about being a powerful woman in a world that is still a little bit male-dominated? Maybe just speaking to people and hearing their own perspectives rather than trying to imagine. Um, There's a really great quote by Jimmy Webb in his book, Tunesmith, which is, um, when we're singing a song about anything, when we're trying to make any argument or make a case for any point, we're fools to think that that argument hasn't been made a thousand times before us. Yeah. Um, 
right through to, to history, thousands of years ago, people have been having similar root feelings, similar motivations, similar urges, similar strifes and, and challenges. And really what we're doing as artists, um, and especially as songwriters, we're paying homage to all of those that have came before us. And we're not saying anything new, but what the, what the uniqueness is, is our unique perspective of that same challenge that everybody else has went through. And I think it's the number one rule in songwriting. The listener must relate. Whatever you're singing about, if you want to really move people, they've got to be able to relate. And I think the beauty of that is um, that anything we go through, people generally can relate, even if they haven't been through the exact same circumstances. They've been through the same emotions. They've been through loss. They've been through fear. They've been through joy and falling in love. They've been through having an amazing night with, a, with somebody they're in love with. Yeah. Um, so I, I try and tune in with emotion when I'm writing. Um, sometimes music leads and sometimes the lyrics lead, but definitely until the last couple of years, it was music first always because it just, it, it came more naturally to me. But over the last few years, it's been changing a little bit. Well, that's fun. That's really a fantastic thing. Cause I absolutely agree with you. That's exactly why, you know, I, I put out videos. That's why I, I sing. That's why I do the podcast because I know that everybody, in fact, my main thing is that I believe that everybody has gone through the same pains and the same struggles. And when you hear somebody else going through that, even if you'd give the same, even if there's the same perspective, all we want is to connect. And once we hear that somebody else went through the same thing and actually had even the same perspective, uh, you're like, wow, I'm not alone. Like he went through it and he got out of it and he had this idea about the high life and now he's doing this and now it's fantastic. And, and, and then you connect and then you feel connected to other human beings and that causes some sort of uh, relief that you're not the only one struggling with all these issues, you know, that, that you have hope for, for getting out of that, that you have, that you can actually reach out to that person and say, Hey, you know, I've gone through the same thing. Uh, we're together and somehow, you know, together, uh, we're stronger, even if it's the same pain. Right. So that this is the same premise that I do with everything that I do, you know, that to show people, you know, how I feel, how, how I, uh, the struggles and everything, and then showing them it's like, okay, so, I can connect. This exists. Somebody else is having the same thing, and I'm not alone in this world. And I think the 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 need for a connection uh, with people is uh, stronger than anything. And that's why I think musicians make music, you know, so that we can connect through that music. And all of a sudden, everybody's listening to the same song, right? And uh, so that creates an amazing connection, you know, to have that song in your head, that song in song, you know, you're going. I woke up this morning and I was singing this strange song that I was like, oh, where is that song coming from? You know, like, you know, it connects us somehow, you know, so it's a powerful uh, weapon. It's a powerful wand, you know, magic wand that musicians have to create this amazing connection because it's like capturing uh, something in the air and that it's that is there for all of us to grab. But you just you you decided to grab it and put it together in a high life song. So this is fantastic. So one last thing I wanted to ask you. So since um, many of my, 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 my goals are also to teach people how to, um, how to do things better in life. And you know that I'm a little bit of a geek. I wanted yeah. to ask you. 
That's why we get on. That's why we're friends. Yes, we found each other. And um, I wanted to ask you, why did you use DistroKid for your distribution online? And now I've actually chosen DistroKid as well. Uh, I think DistroKid is a game changer. Um, like I, I tend to do my homework and, and like you said, um, uh, I'm a bit of a geek when it comes to this stuff. It's really important to have that business brain as well as a musician nowadays. Um, uh, don't get me wrong. Like I constantly kick my feet in the air and I'm like, Oh, why can't it just be like the old days where we just make the music and everybody else does everything else. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's not like that way. And it wasn't really ever that way. Um, to be honest. Mm. Um, and actually the far more positive angle is, wow, look at all this stuff we can do by ourselves yeah. so easily and for not much money. Uh, it doesn't take too much. So DistroKid is really empowering in that um, it's, I think, 20 bucks a month, uh, something like that. It might not even be that expensive. It might be 20 bucks a year. You know, it's uh, a year. It's a year. 20 bucks a year, yeah. $20 for a whole year of unlimited free, like you pay the $20, but free distribution. It's absolutely unbelievable. The CD Baby and... Um, TuneCore, the CEOs yeah. of both of those companies have came out as saying DistroKid is amazing. Like their own competition, wow. they love it so much that even the CEOs of their competitors are saying, yeah, these guys are blowing everybody away with what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So they're, it's really the best distribution company that I'm aware of. I think the best one that exists. Um, other advantages, um, when I've experienced releasing stuff with them, They've been super quick to reply to any questions. They've got a really good team and they care. Mm-hmm. It makes all the difference in a business, um, especially if you're in a creative business. People work with people and um, mm. uh, anybody I've worked with or met that has worked with Ed Sheeran, for example, will mm. say, yeah, Ed Sheeran's great, but the, the, his real X factor is the fact that he's a nice guy. Mm. He's really nice to work with. And ultimately in this industry, we want to work with people in any industry. We want to work with people that we like. And their incredibly friendly attitude definitely helps with that. Um, there are other little perks like uh, you automatically get a Spotify for Artists account if you upload with DistroKid, uh, which usually you wouldn't get until you're a uh, certain amount of fans. This is changing now. So in six months, this information is going to be outdated, maybe even less the way technology goes. But now you can register directly within Spotify um, for Spotify for Artists. But DistroKid does it all for you. So within a couple of weeks of uploading your track, you automatically get Spotify for Artists. You also get um, Apple Music, uh, the equivalent of Spotify for Artists, but for iTunes and Apple. Um, And yeah, I just find it um, a really great tool. They have um, one of those simple one-sheet pages that allows you to send all of your fans there. And regardless of what platform they're on, um, whether it's Deezer or Last.fm or Spotify, whatever, they can click pre-save, pre-order um, on any channel they want. And it just makes it really easy to promote whatever you're doing. Yeah, I thought that was one of the, that's what really caught my eye when I received that message from you and then had all this like immediately share here, share there all the social media integrated for promotion and marketing of, of your your music. I was like, oh, oh. 
time to change from city baby. <laughs> right. That's what caught my attention that you, I know that you are um, very good at social media uh, promotion. And I'm like, well, if he picked DistroKid, I need to go and research about that. And I went in and I read every single review of every single one that's out there. Um, it's, it's really a no brainer. There are some decisions within music. Uh, I've just been through the whole PR world, putting out my first couple of singles. And that is rife with minefields, some real gems, but you have to sort the wheat from the chaff. It's very hard to know where to go when it comes to PR. And there's a lot of com conflicting information. So you really either have to have a friend who knows what they're doing and, and, or have a mentor that can advise you or really just throw yourself in and find out. So there are areas of this industry, especially as independent artists, that are really challenging to navigate. But in terms of distribution, there is no challenge. You just go with DistroKid, you'll be okay. <laughs> that's, just, that's the way I see it. It seems to be awesome for in the integration with social media, PR, marketing, and everything. I mean, that's, I mean, that's really what, where you want the strength. And also for distributing the money among all the people that are you collaborating with. Well, thank you so much, Nelly, for having me. It's a real pleasure. And um, yeah, definitely in terms of staying in touch, um, I'm pretty active on Instagram and Facebook. I'd say those are the best places. Instagram is at Luke Yates Music. So easy peasy, L-U-K-E-Y-A-T-E-S Music. Um, in terms of Facebook, it's Luke Yates Official. And the website is LukeYatesMusic.co.uk. Uh, I put out the first single, Beautiful Mess, in November. Um, and it's, I think it's a good introduction to to me as an artist. And then the most recent single, as you say, High Life just came out a couple of weeks ago. Um, the EP is coming end of March and that's going to be seven tracks. Um, a real introduction to, um, I guess who I am and, and what I'm about as a musician. I'm also planning on heading back to Prague this year, um, to an amazing recording studio there to go and record a full length album, which is exciting. But yeah, feel free. Uh, in terms of anybody listening, I, I love making new friends, reach out, say hi. Um, and I'm always open to collaboration. Something I'm really looking at doing this year is um, booking a tour. So anybody with experience of tour management, um, booking gigs around the UK initially, and then hopefully Europe, um, please get in touch. It'd be great to meet you. Ah, fantastic. Well, I can't wait to see you again soon, either in Europe or in the United States. Likewise, definitely. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. This is it for now. I would love your comment and reviews to improve your experience. Thank you so much for listening. And for more information, go to www.chacin.com. That's my website. There you can find links to my music and videos on SoundCloud and YouTube. And don't forget to follow me on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So until next time... A la prochaine fois. Hasta la próxima. Here's Nanny signing out. Love.